We ask you to fill out a guest card on the back of the seat in front of you and give it to one of our good-looking ushers at the end of the service. Somebody's wife should have said amen. They're all in the back. Okay. Somebody should have still said you're right, Mark, because you are an usher. Somebody tell Mark amen. amen. All right. Now Mark's going to feel better. <clears throat> well, welcome this morning. We're starting a new series entitled Show Me Your Glory. And uh, I want you to understand something that this is a big, heavy word. As I, as I studied it, as I prepared for it, it's heavy. And I'm actually shaking in my drawers right now because I don't know if I can deliver it the way it needs to be delivered. So I'm saying all this because I want you to understand that the meaning behind this message is big. And I think it's going to set us free. Amen? Amen. Show me your glory. The title of today's message, message is Jesus is the glory of God. Say that with me. Jesus is the glory of God. Jesus is the glory of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this word. Lord, help me. Speak through me. Speak to me. Speak to all of us. Open our hearts and our minds. Help us to receive your word for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Go with me to Exodus chapter 33, starting at verse 12. Exodus 33, 12. <clears throat> Moses, Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And he said, God said, my presence will be with you. And I will give you rest. And he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct? I and your people from every other people on the face of the earth. And the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do. For you have found favor in my sight. And I know you by name. Moses understood that without God's presence, he could do nothing. Moses understood that without God's presence being with them, nobody else in the world would know that they were a distinct people. Are you with me? Moses said, Lord, if you're not going to come with us, then just let us sit here and die. Because it would be better to stay here and die than to go somewhere without your presence. Are you getting this? Now, at, to this point in Moses' life, Moses had seen some incredible things. Freely, I just want you to, to give me a few things that Moses has seen or been a part of up until this point. Go ahead. He, parted, he was there during the parting of the Red Sea. What else? The burning bush. What else? Manna from heaven. What else? The rod turning into a serpent and then back into a rod. He saw the plagues. He walked in the enemy's nation and said, let my people go, and nobody harmed him. He seen the Passover angel come. You remember that? To this point, Moses had seen some pretty incredible things, right? I mean, things that I'd I go, man, I wish I could just see that. I mean, you know, the, the what was the cartoon? Um, with Moses and, and 
Prince of Egypt. They did pretty good. But I want to see the real thing. Are you with me? I want to be there when the sea parts. Right? I mean, imagine what Moses, what did he think when he went to bed that night? Did he even go to sleep? And that brother didn't need coffee. I mean, he woke up in the morning. He never knew what God was going to tell him to do. Never knew what he was going to see. We tell our kids about those stories. And it's pretty incredible stories. And I mean, it all brings glory to God. And, and the whole process of Israel coming out of Egypt is just incredible. But there was something in Moses that said, I want more. Mm. He wasn't satisfied with the miracles. Are you hearing me? He, it wasn't good enough that he seen the sea part, that the rod or the staff that he had turned into a snake and then back into a staff. It wasn't enough that he seen the plagues. It wasn't enough that he seen food come from heaven and water come from rocks. It wasn't enough. Do you realize Moses spoke to God daily? I believe he got so addicted to God that he was scared to go anywhere without him. Watch what he says in the rest of this verse. Verse 18, Moses said, please show me your glory. And God said, I will make all my goodness, underline my goodness, pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back, say back. But my face shall not be seen. Wow. Moses wanted to go from power, presence, and promises into the real thing. He wanted to see God. He wanted to see the person that he had been speaking to. The person that performed the miracles. The person that gave him the promises and the instructions. He wanted to go beyond those other things. And God said, no. You can't see my face and live. Now I wonder, is, is it because it was too bright? I wonder, is, was it, it was just too early? Because you got to remember, this is Old Testament times. The new covenant hadn't come. God's manifest presence or his actual body hasn't been on the earth yet that was when jesus came right so up until this point this is the moses got the best he was going to get he got to see god's backside and you know what's incredible he had to start wearing wearing a veil over his face after that man tell me god ain't bright The Bible says that even after that, every time he would go in to speak to God into the temple or to the tent, this was the cool thing, is that every time Moses went into the tent to speak to God, all the children of Israel came outside to the, the door front of their tents, and they stood there, and they watched Moses go into the tent. And then when the, when the cloud came down 
over the door of the tent, all the children of Israel would bow down at their doors. And Moses was speaking to God. And the Bible says that after this time, after Moses saw the glory of God, even just the backside, it says that from then on, when he spoke to God, he had to wear a veil when he came out to speak to the people because his face was so red. It was almost a distraction is the way I read it. It's almost like he had to put a veil on so that the people would hear the word of God instead of focusing on his face. Are you hearing me? Moses wanted to go further. He wasn't satisfied. He's seen amazing things. He'd been in the power and the presence and the promises every day. But he wanted to see God's glory. So what is God's glory? It's a good question. I'm glad you asked that question. The best English term or the English word that we can use to describe the, the Hebrew word for glory is weight and substance. God's glory is weight and substance. Something tangible. It's kind of like me. Got some weight and a lot of substance. Some of you might say a lot of other stuff too. I'm glad you didn't say that. But the glory of God is weight and substance. It's something tangible, something there, something that you can put your hands on. Are you hearing me? God is so brilliant and radiant that he decides he's not going to show him all of himself. He shows Moses his backside. Now, let's, let's fast forward into, into the New Testament. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 1, and we will answer the question, what is God's glory? Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. What is the glory of God? What happened? What separates the Old Testament from the New Testament? What's, what's the big thing about the New Testament? Jesus. It's a new covenant. It's, it's everything that the prophets from the Old Testament were saying was going to happen, right? It's the, the New Testament is Jesus coming from heaven to this planet, all right? That's the big deal about the New Testament is that Jesus, God himself, came and placed his feet on this planet. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, he created the universe. Watch this, verse 3. The Son, talking about Jesus, radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. I'll say that again. Jesus radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the Son is far greater than the angels. 
just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. Jesus is the essence of God's glory. Jesus is the radiance of God's splendor and glory. If you want to see God's glory, look at Jesus. Now, we're, we're a charismatic church to some degree. We're not as charismatic as other people. And what that really means is that we sing a little bit louder than most other people. We, we lift our hands. We might even dance a little bit. You might get you a little hop on or something, you know. That's kind of about how far I go. You know I'm throwing down if I get a hop with a leg going, okay? You're like, man, Pastor Jamie's throwing down a day, okay? If I bust loose anything beyond that, just, just stay clear. That's all I can say. But we're a charismatic church, and we tend to get excited about Jesus. And, and for years, the church has believed that the glory of God was when your hair stood up on your arms or you, or you got laid out in the spirit or certain things happened, you had a tingling in your heart that that was the glory of God, right? Am I right by saying that? That's the way charismatic, a lot of us believe. That when, when, when the glory's here, whoo, Pastor Jamie's going to grow new hair. When the glory's here, well, you leave a church, man, the glory of God was there. Well, maybe not. Maybe that was just presence. And maybe that was just power. Because the Bible says that Jesus is the glory of God. Right? So if Jesus is the glory of God, <laughs> we're singing songs, Show Me Your Glory. Great song. Amen? Wasn't it good? Wasn't worship just great this morning? Samuel, you played with authority, son. Dear goodness, I was in the back. It's a man child. Man of God child. But we sang that song, show me your glory. Show me your glory, Lord. Show me. And a lot of times we're just looking for feelings. Right? Listen, I'm guilty of that. I was born and raised a Baptist boy. I was overprotected my whole life. Nothing exciting in the church ever happened unless somebody uh, made some bodily noise that wasn't expected during the sermon. Okay, that was the most exciting thing that ever happened in church. Okay, so, so I, some of you just caught that. It happens. It does. There was a story there, but I ain't going there. And so I come to be a part of this church, and I start to see things happening. And one of the first times I, I go to the church in Broussard, there's a, we're praying for cards like we, like we did this morning. There's a lady behind me. She's just wailing in tongues, praying for these people. And my buddy's standing right next to me. And we're praying, and we both come from the same church, same background. And, man, we're praying, and I just felt, and I had hair back there. I felt like my hair was just blowing forward. And I was like, cool. And I looked, I said, bro, you feel that? And he was like, what? I said, you feel that wind? He's like, man, shut up, we're praying. And he didn't feel nothing. And I was just, was that Russian mighty wind? I'm serious. And I thought that was the glory of God. You follow me? So anytime somebody special comes around, I'm like, oh, I'm going to feel something today. Right? Am I the only one guilty of this? We believe that the glory is a feeling. 
And we, we stop short of the real glory. Oh, you got to get this. You get so caught up in feelings that you don't get to go further into the glory. Because where's the glory? In Jesus. Jesus is the glory of God, not the hair on your arms. God's glory is the person of Jesus. Many people say, I want to see what Moses saw. Moses just got to see the backside. Right? We get to see the front side. Come on. Moses had the presence of God and God was withholding his glory to a degree. But we got Jesus, the full glory of God. Long ago, God spoke, through, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. Thank God we don't have to just listen to prophets anymore. Amen? I remember the first time I ran into Pastor Jim, he prophesied over me. And I thought, man, this was great. I can't wait till he comes back so I can hear another word from God. When the whole time God was saying, well, what you waiting on Pastor Jim for? And now in these final days, verse 2 and 3, he has spoken to us through his son. Jesus speaks to us. Say that with me. Say, Jesus speaks to us. When God called us to leave Franklin, I couldn't find one single person that told me that God spoke. My best friend looked me square in the eyes and said, God spoke to Moses. He don't speak to us. I went to my grandmother because I was trying to find confirmation from somebody for what I'd heard. This is one of the first times I ever heard God's voice. And he said, go find Bubba, ask him what he needs and help him. In other words, pick, pack up your stuff and move. I go to my best friend. He says, God, don't speak to us like that. I go to my grandmother. She was a pillar in my life. I said, Grandma, I feel like God told me something that we need to move. She looked at me. She said, you're making the greatest mistake of your life. Your grandfather drugged me all over this United States, and we never got settled anywhere. You're making a mistake. And I wrestled with that. On one ear, I'm hearing God don't speak. On the other ear, I'm hearing you're making the greatest mistake of your life. And in my spirit, I'm hearing go find Bubba, ask him what he needs and help him. I can remember one time the pressure was so hard, I got up from the dinner table, jumped on my four-wheeler, rode out into the woods, and cried my eyes out before God. I was like, Lord, you got to tell me again because I'm doubting. He said, you heard me. You heard what I said. Now go and do it. Thank God I didn't have to wait for a prophet. Because I didn't know any in those days. Lost my place. The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he cleansed us from our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the Father in a place of honor. Jesus is the greatest miracle. Jesus is the greatest sermon. 
Jesus, Jesus is, is, is the greatest power or the greatest example of God's power on display. It's Jesus. He's the greatest miracle. He's the fulfillment of God's promises. He is the end. He is the beginning. He's got the whole world in his hands. Amen? Hebrews 11 is a great chapter of faith. We all know it as the the, the book of faith or the the chapter of faith, the hall of fame of faith, where it starts talking about all the the patriarchs that went before us and they, they did things by faith. You remember reading Hebrews chapter 11? Look at what it says at the end of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 40. For God had something better, say something better, in mind for us, say us, so that they would not reach perfection without us. The whole chapter talks about how this one did that in faith and this one went there in faith and this one did that and Moses went here and all these things in faith. And then it says this, for God had something better in mind for us. You know what that says? That says that God had something better in store for us than Jesus being in the cleft of a rock and getting to see, I mean, Moses being in the cleft of a rock and being able to see the backside of God. Are you getting this? The glory we are able to walk in today is greater than the glory that was when Moses' day. Amen? Why? Because the glory is found in Jesus. Right? Amen? My concern is that we end up looking further than Jesus. We end up adding too many things to Jesus, right? Come on. I'm guilty. I'll get caught up in these things. Well, you know, you need to believe in Jesus, but you really need to be reading your Bible every day. You really need to be memorizing scripture, or you really need to be praying in tongues. Those things are great. I'm not not downplaying them at all, but the real thing is Jesus. You need to get up next to Jesus. You want the glory of God? You got to be with Jesus. Come on. You can't sit back and say, God, show me your glory. He's like, well, it's right there. It's in Jesus. Go get it. I believe we're in as much glory as we want to be. Amen. Let me show you one of my favorite verses in Romans chapter 8. This talks about an inheritance. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. To verse 18. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. You know what an heir is? It's not, that's not an heir. I got plenty of that. An heir means that you have inherited something. That means that somebody planned in the, in the past but your future to bless you with something or to give you something or to pass on something to you, right? I've been the recipient of many inheritances, some that other people thought were fair and unfair. But I've received inheritances, and I've apologized for receiving inheritances, and God rebuked me. And he told me, I set you up years ago to receive this. So what what your uncle says? So what what your people say? You see, if you're you're an heir, 
you're able to inherit. Right? So if Jesus is the glory of God, and this verse says that we have become heirs with Christ of God's glory, right? That means that we have inherited the glory of God. Right? Hang on, it gets better. You might not say amen for this. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his sufferings. Just give me a big smile and say sufferings. Sufferings. There's no way to make that word sound good. I mean, you can highlight it. It just don't sound good. So we're joint heirs with Christ of God's glory. In other words, we can inherit it. We can, we, can, we can receive it. Listen to me. You can turn down an inheritance. Come on. You can give up an inheritance. You can say, me, oh, my, pass me on by. I don't want nothing to do with that inheritance. Right? You can do the same thing with God's glory, right? Yes, you can. You can say, well, I don't want to suffer. Well, and what you're really saying is, I don't want God's glory. Right? Come on, how many of you love to suffer? Just raise it up real high. I learned a long time ago that when everything's peaches and creams, there ain't no glory. When the freezer's full of bluebell, there ain't no glory. See, you got that one better. I know how to speak your language. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to go through hard times. I don't want to struggle in my finances. Come on. I don't want to deal with my flesh. Why? Because that is suffering. Right? If my flesh is ever going to line up with the spirit, it's going to take a whole lot of suffering. If Pastor Jamie's going to get back to his fighting weight, it's going to take a lot of suffering. But I want to be in the glory. Amen? Because you know why? I've tasted the glory. And man, I just want to get back to the glory. But I got my flesh going, no, I don't want to suffer. I want to be in the glory. No, I don't want to suffer. See, I just showed you what you look like. I've been watching for years. I want to be in the glory, but I don't want to suffer. So how? And so we spend our time doing what? Trying to figure out how to get around the suffering. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm in the glory now, baby. Mm-hmm. You think you're in the glory. Let me tell you something. When everything breaks loose in my life and everything's going haywire and people hate me and I think that people want to kill me and I want to kill people and there's struggles going on, let me tell you something. That is when I am the closest to God. When times are tough, I get close. Amen? I get close. I get in the glory. 
I go, man, God, we got to get through this. And you know what? You know what happens is when things get tough and things happen and there's change that needs to happen in your life and you're starting to suffer but you don't want to, but you go ahead and man up and do it anyway, and you kind of tuck in close to God and he says, okay, you come right here in the glory and I'm going to show you what's going to happen. I'm going to show you my power. I'm going to show you my presence. I'm going to show you what I can do. I'm going to show you that I'm God and you get to participate. Come on. In the miracle. You get to be a part of it. If you don't ever suffer, you don't get to be a part. Are you getting this? Where's the glory? The glory is in Jesus. Who is Jesus? He runs the church. Where is he at? He's sitting at the right hand of the Father right now in a place of honor. The Bible says he's our advocate. He's on our side. The Bible even said a little while ago that he was there for creation. He helped create the world. That's the Jesus we're talking about. So when things break loose, don't run from him. Run to him. Because then you get to see the miracles. Not only do you get to see them from the outside, you get to be the miracle. Come on. Listen, I love my own miracles. I mean, I don't mind coming to church telling y'all that God healed so-and-so over here that we prayed for last week and God healed. I'm happy about those things. But I'm really like when I get to come in and say, man, you should have seen what God did with me this week. Right? I mean, your stories are fine, but mine's better. <laughs> right? Second Corinthians chapter three, verse 18 says this. I'm going to try to wrap this up. This is my first ending. We had a discussion earlier, me and Andrew, and I have the shortest endings of all of our pastors. Come on, give me some props. Yes, sir. And we ain't going to talk about who had the longest. But they're not here today. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect, you need to underline that, the glory of God. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of God. In other words, when you gave your life to Jesus, the veil was torn off from your eyes and you're now able to see the glory of God and you're able to reflect the glory of God. Do you know why you go through tough times? Do you know why you suffer? So that God can get glory in your life. Seriously. Bad things happen to good people. Why? Because God wants to bring glory to himself. And he wants to show this world that this is my servant. I don't care what he's going through. He's my servant. And I'm going to show y'all that I am with him. That's what Moses was asking for. He said, God, I don't want to go if you're not going to be with me. There's no sense in going. If you're not here, I'm not there. I'm not going. Why? Because he knew that he needed God. He needed the presence of God. He needed the glory of God. There's no glory without suffering. That's what, that's what Romans says. Watch this in verse 18. Here's a promise. Some of you may need to highlight this part. Yet what we suffer now 
is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. Let me tell you something. The glory outweighs the suffering. Amen? The glory outweighs the suffering. You may suffer for a little while and the sun may go down and it may seem cloudy in your life. But let me tell you, the the sun's coming back up. The clouds are parting and the sun's coming back up. It may look like death all around you, but you're still alive. Come on. It may feel like death, but you still got a pulse inside of you. Amen. You tuck now next to the glory of God and you get right where you're supposed to be and you don't give up. You go through this thing. You don't go around it. The Bible says if you speak to the mountain, the mountain will move. Right? You need to stop speaking to God about the mountain and start speaking to the mountain about God. You need to tell the mountain who your God is instead of telling God who the mountain is. He built it. Don't run away. Run to. Look for times when you got to struggle. That's why I'm constantly telling you, you need to be in the presence of God. You need to be having a relationship with Jesus, and you need to be on mission. Why do you need to be on mission? Because you need to get up in this world, and you need to see, let other people see the glory of God in your life. Why do you need to preach the gospel? You know what happens every time you witness to somebody, right? All hell breaks loose against you. You, you don't believe me? Just leave church, go tell somebody about Jesus, see what happens to you. The glory is found in Jesus. The Bible says we're joint heirs with Christ of God's glory. We're in a position of receiving an inheritance. The question is, is do you want it or not? Because with the glory comes suffering. You know, that's why Jesus went through what he went through when you read the Bible. Is because God wanted to bring glory to himself. That's why he was spit on, cursed, beaten, poked, ridiculed. They talked in front and behind his back. He had people betray him. Peter denied him three times. Why? Why was it so hard? Why couldn't there be just an easier way, God? You ever ask God that question? Jesus asked that question in the garden, didn't he? He said, Lord, if you would take this cup from me. Jesus knew what he was about to face. But what did he say? Not my will, but your will. Why? Because Jesus understood that God wanted to bring glory through his life. And God wants to do that in our lives. Amen. I'm going to end on this verse right here. Just to keep my record straight. That I am the shortest ender. (laughs) See, that was the look. When I give Mamie the look and she gets up there, that's when you know we're really going to stop. Watch what Jesus says. And as I read this verse, there's some of you here who have a, you're having a tug on your heart right now. The Spirit's been speaking to you. 
during this message. There's something going on inside of you. There's a heaviness. And Jesus has a word for you this morning. He says this in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus said, come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And I will give you rest. Come to me. Is Jesus' word for us today. Come to me. Come next to the glory. You know, I found more peace and more rest when things have been the most chaotic in my life. It's the strangest thing. When the Bible describes a peace that passes all understanding, you can't understand God's peace. I'm serious. I mean, everything could be breaking loose around you. And and for some reason, if you stay next to Jesus, if you come to him like he says, when you're weary and you're heavy burdened, he says that I will give you rest. There's a storm going on around you. And you're like Jesus sitting in the bottom of the boat sleeping. Jesus says, come to me this morning. That's what he's saying to each and every one of us right now. Come to me. So I just open up an invitation. You want to come meet Jesus this morning? He's here. You want to come here and repent? Repent. You want to come here and worship? Come worship. I'm here to pray for you. I'm here to encourage you. Would you stand up with me right now? How many of you say, I want to be in the glory? How many of you got a new understanding of God's glory this morning? Raise your hand. you never seen it like that before, right? All I've given you is the word of God. This is not Pastor Jamie's creation. This is the truth. And the Bible says the truth will set you free. The glory is not in the feelings. The glory is in Jesus. If you don't know Jesus this morning, I invite you to come forward. If you need to come forward for anything else, I invite you. Just bow your heads and lift your hands to heaven right now. Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning. You're where the glory is, Lord. Father, you are the glory of God. You're sitting at the right hand of the Father in a place of honor, well-deserved, a place made just for you, Jesus. We thank you for your glory. We thank you for the sufferings that we've been through and the sufferings that are still to come. Lord, thank you, Father. We just give you praise and honor this morning. Church, just begin to love on him in your own way this morning. Come on, I want to hear your voices. Bless you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. There's none greater than you, Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. You're where the glory is, Jesus. Thank you. Lord, help us to be a people that live in your glory. Thank you that it's been opened up and invited. We've been invited in, Lord. We've got a a certificate that says we're inheritance. We're inheritors of, of your glory, Lord. Help us to receive it. Help us to be a great reflection unto you, Father. 
In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Can we give the Lord a big hand clap this morning? Come on. Next week, we're going to do it again. You ready? Excited? Let me give you a few announcements and then we'll, we'll take off. Um, women's Bible study started this past Monday. I heard it was the bomb. We were sitting down yesterday at work day eating some pizza and awesome in that life group. That, the women's Bible study was good. Y'all did great. They had struggles. They had sound problems and all those other things. But you know what? It's just God's way of saying, you're going to let that distract you. You're just going to keep on preaching. So women, if you haven't joined into the Bible study, I just encourage you to do so. You can jump in at any time. See, see Jennifer or see my wife. And uh, we can get you a book and you can just jump into that thing and get going and get busy about some Bible study. It's women's BS. <laughs> just so there ain't too much BS going on. <laughs> Uh, also, for the 30th, our big celebration day, listen, I just want you to invite people. We, we're going to have enough food. We're going to have enough drink. We're going to have enough good time and plenty of fellowship. Invite somebody. Encourage somebody to come. We're having a dessert contest. Whoop, whoop. Come on, you didn't. I didn't give you enough time. We're having a dessert contest. Yeah. So if you want to join in the dessert contest, there's some sign-up sheets outside, right? That's what the sign-up sheets are for. They're for the dessert contest. If you want to just bring a dessert, but you don't want to enter it, you're trying to be humble, then just bring it anyway, okay? So we're going to have jambalaya. No, it's jambalaya. Because you can eat two bowls if you lie to yourself. But it's going to be a great time. We've been busy cleaning up the church. I don't know if you noticed, but we got a new sign in the front. How many of you caught your eye? Don't lie, you're in church. No, no, don't clap your hands. I want to see your hands. I want to see how much, if, this, if it was worth it. Okay, it was, it was worth it. What about the signs on the doors? Y'all seen that? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course you did. You ran smack nose into them. What about the canopy? Anybody saw the canopy in the back? Man, we knocked the ugly off the canopy this weekend. How about the, the baseboards? That was for all my peoples that was on their butt all day yesterday <laughs> painting baseboards. Sabrina, you remember when we painted them the first time? They hadn't been painted since. But praise God, it's fresh and new. Listen, we love you. God bless you. If you need anything, I'm here at the end. Hope to see you next week. Invite somebody. Have a great week. Don't run from run to. Amen.